What up, Yolanda? Hey, Corey. Charlotte Pan. My love. I love when you wear your glasses. Oh, I know. I can see the world now. Yay. <laughs> it's been a long time of non-self-care. And now, I, Corey, you're a blonde hair. Oh, I'm going to have blonde hair forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, booze. How are you? I'm good. I am Charlie Penn. I am Corey Murray. I'm Yolanda Sanguini. And we are Yes, yes Girl. I love our harmony. By yes. The way. Can we just shout out to the harmony? Because, you know, there's a singer among us. Her name is Yolanda. <laughs> oh, I saw you uh, jamming with your um, your musician brothers. Well, I have another life. And I love it. Um, which uh, I feel like a lot more of us professional women should do. That feeds your soul. You know how work feeds your check? Yeah. <laughs> your pocket. Mm-hmm. And then I do music to feed my soul. I saw and I, when I first when you first came to Essence and I got to know you, you were you sang regularly. Yeah. Like it was a regular thing for you to do. And then mm-hmm. you stopped. Well, at least I thought you stopped. And then, you know, now I'm back because I Yo, thought I, I could live with just my paycheck and I just can't do it. Aww, I need something to feed that's my so soul. Cool. Yo, bro, I love how you brought that home. <laughs> <laughs> because she, like, she didn't just say yes. Sing. She was like, but it was for my soul because, you know, it was a gem. Yo, bro. Oh, ladies. Yes, girl. Listeners. What do you do to feed your soul? Ooh. Mm. Girl, it's hard out here. It is. And with that said, Ooh, please tell us what you do to feed your soul using the hashtag Yes Girl, Girl Podcast. Podcast. There we go, because we love do, the love. We do love the love. But before we get into the love that we have been getting on social media, thank you. We want to talk about our guests very quickly that we have this week. We're going to give you a double hitter, Jesse Smollett. Hey, Jesse. He's back. He's hey. back. And he has a great new album called Some of My Music that's available now. If you're not into it, get into it. And also, Roxanne, Roxanne, if you guys are not watching this movie on Netflix, you need to because it is is just one of those unheralded stories of a great woman. No, actually, person in hip-hop, Roxanne Shante. Mm-hmm. So we have the real Roxanne Shante and the actress who's playing her, the lovely Shante Adams, up today. So that's going to be we, good. It's going to be I good. I love a doubleheader. Double yeah. Remember double the movie? Header. We got double a doubleheader for you. But quickly, what feeds your soul, Charlie? See, right now, sleep, sleep. which is not, which is Don't not good. underestimate sleep. Okay, right now, sleep has been, I, I usually fight being tired. That's good, right? Yeah. I fight being tired, but lately, I just go with it, even if it means passing out on a Friday at 8.45 and being good with that, like in bed, pillow, blanket, everything. That's been really helping me a lot. Oh, good. For me, it's reading, like nice. reading a book. Nice. I find myself, I as a like it's like a second arm i go to instagram i'm i end up being there for like an hour then i try to go to twitter to read stuff and i end up bookmarking so many things and i'm like i just want to go sit in a corner and read a book so i'm actually reading mm-hmm. octavia butler's kindred which yes. i've, I've it was my first octavia butler book and i'm reading kendrick uh, kendrick no that's not it <laughs> that's the rapper like, wait there's a book called kendrick no <laughs> But there should be. There should be a book called Kendrick. Um, But no, Kindred. um, And it's, you know, I think it's her first or second novel, but I'm really into it. Nice. I'm like the annoying kid in class. Wait, wait. I want to change my answer. Okay. (laughs) No, because Corey made me think of, okay, so the the fact that I need sleep is terrible because when you were saying that, all I could think about is every time I try to read a book, I fall asleep, which is why sleep is feeding my soul. But you know what's really feeding my soul lately? Uh, Like ladies time. Like a girl's night. And me and my girls realized we hadn't had one in like two seasons. And we're having one on Saturday. Nice. And I'm really excited. Nice. We even have a name for them. I think we've talked about it on the show. Yeah, you said Code you sent out a, yeah, I was going to say you sent out an alert. Thing. And it's, it's like, 
We have a whole itinerary on Wait, Saturday. Wait, what are you doing? Okay, pink. we're going to be doing dinner. Nice. At a restaurant. Then we're going for cocktails. Nice. And then we're doing an escape the room together. A private group of us. Nice. Just all of that. You know, what is this escape the room? Everything. Girl, you get to, you, you know, it's brain. It's like a brain teaser. Nice. A live action brain teaser. You and your friends get locked in a room for an hour. And you got to use your brains to get out. Which is extra fun if you had some drinks. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> then I'm you're scared. having a good time. Corey, they're fun. They sound really like, you got to try one to believe it. Y'all I, haven't done it yet. I'll right? be in the back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you <laughs> You figure it out. I'll be drinking. I don't, well, basically, you know. But anyway, so you know, ladies' night Love coming it. soon. Yay! There's so much to talk about this week. Yeah. Hey. Oh, but first, let me give you some quick social media love. We have some new listeners. Miranda, da- Miranda Danielle at Miranda Wright 13 quote: "You can get snacks while Jay Z is on." Oh my God, that took me out. And she has the cutest <laughs> gift of uh, who is this cutie pie? Ryan. Um, not Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, he's a cute, that cute white boy. Um, she's using him as a gift, which I thought was. Y'all, I swear I didn't mean the shade like this. I was literally trying to give you a, you know, a tip. But you were authentic and it resonated. <laughs> I was you a tip. It was a little, you know, nugget. Also, Whitney Elise at The Reclaimed. She said, hashtag Yes Girl Podcast, hollering off the tea for the week, opening sung by Yoli Zama. Y'all are hilarious. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Creative Tiana. At Creative Tiana says, been listening to Yes Girl Podcast all morning, just soaking up all the good energy from all of the brilliant women on it. Well, you are brilliant too, Tiana. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Aww. So what Aww. we got? What's our tea for the week, Charlie? We got to sing, though. Chiquita was like, oh. Oh, y'all, Chiquita's back. Yes, Chiquita's back. She's in the building. Yo. She got an haircut. She's cute. I She's love cute. It. Our boo is back. So this is a black girl power moment. Yes. Love it. All right. One, two, three. Tea for the week. A for the week. A for the week. A for the week. I love Woo. her song. It's different every week. It's just special. <laughs> It's like snowflakes. Oh Never God. one thing. It reminds me. Do you, did you guys ever watch Maya Rudolph sing the national anthem? Oh, yes. On SNL? Yo, that is the no. funniest But thing. I'm Googling Please, that do right you, after. Do yourself a favor. If you want to laugh, which is why I'm always joking around, like... Maya Rudolph is my comedic singer <laughs> idol. You got to listen to this. Just Google Maya Rudolph singing the national anthem. Okay. Yo. It will change it the will course change of your day. A She's like, oh, say it. Like she does all of it. So she preceded, like, she was the, the cat, um, Fergie. So, okay, maybe Fergie watched that video oh. and was like, oh, let me. <laughs> Let me try to do this. I am looking away ah, from this microphone. I live. The shade. It's an iconic clip, Corey. It will change your whole <laughs> you day. It. It's like the one shade. of those things you just, you know those things you just watch over and over again? <laughs> All right. So, what do we have? First up, Cardi B. Maybe pregnant. Maybe allegedly reportedly. Allegedly, allegedly reportedly. reportedly. But notice we have not covered it on Essence.com because we are trying to be respectful of women who don't tell us that they're pregnant because mm-hmm. it's nobody's business. And there are lots of women out here who have complications with their pregnancy. So please allow a woman to tell us herself. Don't speculate. Thank True you. That. Publicly. Because really you're being messy. Yeah. yeah. Now but- what I don't like though... <laughs> 
as I was watching the Wendy Williams return, which I know we'll talk about a little later, but uh-huh. Wendy Williams was very adamant about like Char- Cardi shouldn't be pregnant. She's too young. She needs to just enjoy her career right now. And it reminded me of when like Lauren Hill came out and yeah. remember Lauren was pregnant with Zion and they tried to write her off and tell, remember she even wrote about it. Like yep. they wanted her to get an abortion. Yeah. And I'm like, Art, it's 2018. Like, yeah. can we Car- stop this? If, if Cardi B is pregnant, let her have her child and she'll be able to do that. And yeah. Have a career. And yeah. why, why are we still thinking that having a baby means you can't succeed? Yeah. Exactly. There are like literally hundreds of thousands of examples of that not being true. Yeah. And she has enough money. Like you can hire a nanny. Go with you everywhere. She has much of oh, a moment. Cardi is winning. Yes. She, her path has been ordained. Yeah. Haters be damned. Cardi is her path. It's nobody yes. else's path. Yeah. If, she, if she struggles with the baby, what do you have to do with it? If she thrives with the baby, you have nothing to do with it. You're nope. still at home. You know what I mean? Like, it has right. nothing to do with your life. So and what's for you is for you. And I also think a lot about, okay, like, when you're pregnant, you want to be happy and feeling good. And, on like, I, I imagine that everything you feel, your baby absorbs. Cardi is on top of the world. Yeah. I would. Why not bring a baby into the world when you're so happy and healthy and thriving? Why, you know. And having a child is not going to impede anything she has to do. It's not yeah. going to affect her singing. It's not going to affect her performance. Okay, yeah, maybe she can't do splits or whatever it is and jump on a pole, but she'll be fine. Beyonce yeah. has three babies and her career is not like she, Beyonce performed at what, eight months at the Grammys? Yeah. Leaned back in a chair, okay. wore a towering <laughs> headpiece. Defy piece. gravity. Ooh. Come on. <laughs> Live television. With twins. <laughs> Wait, I have to share with you guys. So I'm, I'm an older mom and I'm pregnant and a lot of people have a lot of opinions. When you have a third baby, people start going in. Are mm. you sure you want to do this? No. Oh yeah. People have a lot of opinions and I'm like, have I ever asked you for a dime to okay. feed my children? And my third baby coming up, I actually had an elder in my life tell me, I don't think you should do this. I'm like, I'm a grown woman. Grown like, ass I know, woman. Okay. I know what I can do and what I can't do. Or, you know, things like, you know, um, it's going to be really hard. Fuck, I know it's going to be hard. <laughs> but I guess what? Support, not I'm bringing life. Critique. Life. Good life, too. And so that's, that's one more person to take care of you when you old. Listen, nope. <laughs> if I have a girl, I'm dying. I'm going to faint if I have a girl. Let's talk about it for a second. Yes. We all got families, right? And mm-hmm. you always got that mm-hmm. one somebody. Mm-hmm. Brother, sister, somebody. your cousin who ain't coming to see auntie or the mama yes. who's elderly. And there you are, Corey, showing up to auntie's house all the time. All the time. But now you got three ch- You got three opportunities. Three. But do pray for me, girl. Though. You got <laughs> Because the logistics of three kids is about to be. Woo! Okay. But it'll work itself out. And you know, I love your pregnancy glow. Like your joy. Look at her, just joyful. And your skin. Joyful, joyful, joyful. We adore thee. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pull it together. Cardi, do you, boo? Do you, Cardi? I mean, not that you weren't going to. Because that's what I love about you anyway. You weren't even sweating it. When she accepted that um, iHeartRadio award. Oh, in that tool dress that she's trying to hide that bump. We see you, boo. Allegedly reportedly. Allegedly reportedly, because you know that's your business. But those arms, let's, I'm going to leave it there. Okay, we're going <laughs> to see, look, Corey, look, see? It's so oh, easy to be that way. We're supporting you either Speaking way. of messy, oh. DJ Envy versus Jesus and Mero. Can we talk about oh it? Oh, my God, that was so good. It was that, was, that was good content. <laughs> it was so much content. <laughs> when Jesus pulled away from the table and was like, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? <laughs> but then he played the clip. Of of them uh, talking about him and his wife on the show, and it didn't sound like they were trying to shade his wife. Like if you if Lightly. you make DJ MV checks, 
I know you're DJ Envy Checks. Right. Yes. I don't know your Our lives have changed because we started off with nothing and now you got big checks. So I know your check. It's factual. I don't know that that... Imp- I didn't think, oh, they're saying she's a gold digger. She's a, no. She's a smart woman. Why are you going to say no to money? Shoot. To comfort. And it's... A, and like... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind some DJs. Okay. It was funny. It was funny. It was funny, it was and it good. went like, and he didn't go in. He just, it was a quick. What do you call that? It was a an quip. aside. It was a quip. It was like, yeah, like, it was like, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. DJ Envy was real hot though. Though he, he was, was real upset. And I have to say, he my husband and I listen to Breakfast Club every morning. We're fans of the show, and the minute I heard his reaction, all I kept thinking is, "You son, like <laughs> you." are offended all they do is 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 ruin relationships on the show yeah. i mean that's their thing like they talk about women like dogs sometimes and i'm you know i know it's in the name of humor but i can i mean there's countless callers people i mean disrespect is like their mo mm-hmm. that's what works for them and you're in your feelings like that i was shocked i was shocked too. i was like really this i is didn't i doing? didn't see that was coming but then i thought it and maybe his wife was like you're gonna get me this apology mm. yeah it's you know what like I mean? yeah yeah. Did they get an apology? Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, apologized. apologized because if she were was hurt, you know what I mean? I get it. Like, if, if I'm hurt and I feel like my husband can, you know, address it with someone because he's going to have an opportunity, I might say, you know, address it. But once they apologize and he just wouldn't let it go, I was like... I don't know if it needed to be addressed publicly. Agreed. No, I don't, I don't think so. That's what they said. They said, my dude, you couldn't have called, yeah. you know, like, sent us I think that's something they could have did, like, after the interview yeah. and just been in the hallway. Like, yo, dude, just... Like, just, don't, just don't talk don't about do my that. wife. Yeah. I mean, I get that principle. Don't talk about my family. Don't talk about my family. I get that yeah but mm. and shade is an industry now do y'all realize that like they are in the they industry bo- they of both shade. do the same type of thing one's on the radio one's on tv right they got rich yeah doing this to everyone so i mean all is fair right yeah but you know twitter had a field day that night Diza and Mero did on their show was it that same night <laughs> yes. or the, they, did they a reaction went in that and night. essence that's got a shout Dina Samira, we want you guys to come on Yes Girl. I'm making an official ask oh, as a publicist, but goodness. please come on because we know y'all love some Essence Fest. Ooh, yeah, we can talk about so it. Good. We could talk about it. That would be so good. Okay. That would be everything. Come on down. Come on down. Mm. Okay. More news this week. Blue Ivy is richer than you. And you. And you. <laughs> well. So we all um, awakened. Oh, what was that? Monday? Yes. To um, video of Blue Ivy bidding $19,000 on art in an auction with her parents. Like whole raising the paddle and it counting because she knew how to do it. She was like, she I was know like, yeah. And Jay Z was like playfully trying to stop her, but really he wasn't because she, you know, because you know, that's what like nineteen thousand dollars to Beyonce and Jay Z. That's like a quarter, like one hundred and ninety dollars to us. Probably nineteen dollars. No. Probably like nineteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, is it like nineteen hundred dollars? But I think you're right. It's, it's probably, probably like nineteen dollars, which is why yeah. they were like, oh, okay, be, okay, blue, if you must. Yeah. But my favorite were all the tweets. Y'all, somebody tweeted, I woke up this morning, got ready, started my day, I was grooving, then I saw Blue Ivy bid $19,000 on art that I didn't even appreciate, and I went back home. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just have to start over. I always tell people, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Blue Ivy was born an heiress. Like, yeah, she is. To yeah. be, you know, like, there's, like, a definition. I have to look up exactly what it she is. She already has an, an inheritance. Like When you're born you're rich, just, so rich you'll never have to work. Yeah. Like, you know. Oh, shoot. Like I never the, thought like about that. But yeah, you're or, right. Walmart, you know. Uh, yeah. She yeah. was born an heiress. As I imagine, so were Sir and Rumi. Yeah. Heir and heiress. So, like, think about that. Yeah. Mm. I guess, though, though, it also depends on what they're doing. You know, don't sure. come from me, Beehive. Uh-oh. I'm just saying it just depends on what people do with their money. True. So you can True. have a lot of money right now, but if you don't if there's no generational wealth, then I don't know True. if you become an heiress. 
And that's what it made me think about the Blue Ivy thing. You know, it just further reminded me all that's what we all want to do, right? Build an empire for our family. You can't be mad at Blue. I'm not mad at Blue. No. You know, I want my daughter to be comfortable spending nineteen thousand dollars at age what is she seven? Six. <laughs> I love Blue Ivy. She oh, is yeah. cute. I love her handwriting. Aww. And like someone that that little note, like every word was spelled correctly. But I do wonder if B and J were like, um, could you could respell, this. you know, <laughs> just start over? Because this is the one we're going to put on Instagram. Oh, probably. I just but love that she excellent. loves her life. That's that like, you, you're yeah. going to spell these words right. You know how to spell these words. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, yeah. my God. And last but not least, Wendy Williams is back. We she took a little break. That. I really like Jerry O'Connell on the show. At first, I was the first Monday he was there hosting was a little weird, but when he talked about Blue Cran- no, it was it Blue Cantrell and that song he loved? And at first, I was like, "This is going to be a wait, lie," but wait. then he went in. Which one? I hey, love ladies. that. Ladies. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah. Hit him up style. Hit him up, up style. style. Yes. Yeah. But he talked about. I get. I don't know if it was her birth. I don't know what the context was. He even brought her up, but he was saying how much he used to play it in the gym working out. And he sang the whole song, and I was like, you know what? There's no morning meeting that he could have learned that song. <laughs> yeah, he knew he that he part. really knew it, and it made me realize. I think he's a white boy that we could have. He could join he our could team. Come to the and he's he could come. on Wendy's show. Yeah, he is. He is a friend yeah. to the show, so he definitely. And he also had a great joke about um, his wife, Rebecca Romaine. Ro- Rebecca, you and this Romaine. I know the Romaine guys. Thank no, you. I, think I apologize. Oh, it is really Romaine. Thank you, thank you, Romaine. But it is Roman. That's the actress, model actress. Yes, you're right. And she used to do a lot of um, hosting for, you know, different shows or whatever. And there's a couple of pictures of her and Jay-Z. And she had on shorts. And he was like, wait a minute, is my wife Becky with the good hair? (laughs) It was hilarious. It was hilarious. So, Wendy, if you ever need to go out sick again, please get Jerry back because he was cute. Okay, so I'm going to have to agree to disagree on that. Oh, I, wow. I'm glad he was funny. I believe it. And I'm glad, you know, it was it, it worked. So her fans were happy. But I still feel a way about Wendy never being for women. I know that she's talked about it. I know that we've talked about it. And she kind she, she said, right, like on air, I don't, she doesn't really like women. No. And I get it. But like, girl, like that was an opportunity for any you know, reach behind you. You got to pay it forward, but you always have to also have to reach back and grab people and bring them up with you. And and, I, and you mentioned a good person who could have subbed for her friend to the show, Robin Thede. Robin Thede. Yeah. Robin Thede is killing it on the rundown. She's hilarious. Yeah. And I, so many people, I feel like, haven't found the show yet. So they don't know how funny she is. But the people who watch it love it. Mm-hmm. I am one of them. Ding, ding, ding. But like, why not, Wendy? Yeah. Like you, and I know that I feel like she still obviously thinks that her spot you know, like even today when she came back, even when she came back, she was like, I know how quickly you guys forget people and how quickly you fans get over it. So thank you for sticking with me. Three weeks. Like, I just you you I don't understand. I, I just want her to be a little more for women. And I love y'all know I love Wendy. Yeah. And we love Wendy, too. Like, she's but not going anyway. Me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like once you've tr- blazed the trail. You can't just close the road. Yeah. I just yeah. have this thought as a follow up to what you're thinking. Is it. Just thinking the fact of where we work and as much as we are for women, do you think because she hasn't been in that type of environment, she hasn't been that hasn't been nurtured? Yeah, I also think if you sure. if you do you remember her autobiography a few years ago? I didn't read it. Um, it was so good. Ooh, so good. Oh, Wendy's got the heat. Yes, <laughs> I think it was called Wendy's got the heat. But there was a, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wendy didn't like her experiences with women have always been challenging. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's something from her childhood or. Just, you know, some women just don't really 
like fucking with other girls. Yeah. Um, but we're, I don't understand it, but that's, true. that's her reality. And we are in a unique place where it's yeah. the complete opposite for us. But were her challenges professional or personal? Because that's what I, I wonder. I started personal. Got it. Like as a kid, she was picked on. Her weight and you know all that. So I don't know. Maybe she internalized that. I don't know. Yeah, you it know? could be. It's so interesting because I was bullied a little too when I was a kid, but that only made me want to love women more. Like to just not make anybody feel the way I did. But it's you know we you got to dig deep. But yeah. that's why I was a little bit like okay, Wendy. But you know I'm happy she's feeling better and she's back. So wait, speaking of loving women, I have to check my own patriarchy because it lives in all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Cynthia Nixon M- M- Miranda, Miranda from, from Sex, Sex and the, the City, City announced her that she's running for governor. Now, okay. It's, okay, the video was cute. The video was amazing. Um, I don't want her to run for governor. Why I want her to run for a local seat mm. and get into politics uh, into okay. politics first before you run for governor right but then i thought i had to check my patriarchy and i thought about schwarzenegger i thought about trump i thought about but then i'm like i never voted for those people because i felt the same way so how do you guys feel i think you can feel that way i can agree with that i i think that, look at our president right now like a little experience that could really benefit him too. yeah <laughs> like that's i don't like that that is a, a pattern with men they can just skip all the rungs on the ladder and just jump up to the top and but look how they end up, right? Problematic, right? Like I feel like I want her to be. She lives in Brooklyn. Want her Come to on, win. Cynthia, you live in Brooklyn. We have needs on in the local sense. I, I would love to understand why she went from actress to governor. I didn't, it, I didn't think about it. I could see maybe she could have took took a rung up like um, senator. Or Senator, something like something to really city get councilwoman yeah. or like I mean, not local city, city council. council. Yeah. yeah, you know, just to get involved with her community. Maybe she is. Yeah. Um, but I also live in. I know her Brooklyn is not my Brooklyn, so True. it's a very different Brooklyn. Hers is brownstone Brooklyn. Mine is um, <laughs> apartment Brooklyn. No, I don't have an apartment, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's a very different. It's a white Brooklyn, which is very different from that's real from other Brooklyn. But I don't know. It's a little privilege there. I think, if we're being honest, slight. like this idea that also I did think, like you said, we check our patriarchy, but I also thought she may not win because of that. Because people need to, like, you know, in order to become governor to win, it's so much harder for us as women. I wonder if she would have needed that support from the bottom up, you know, to actually make that happen. Unlike these men who just snap their fingers and it's like, oh, you know, I did it. I'm Maybe governor. she has a community that's going to support, you know. Or, or a bank I will appreciate. I mean, aside from her <laughs> great, money. greatly directed uh, video, I keep going about that because it was so beautifully it was done. Really good. But I will admit, I I do know for the past couple of years she has been consistent. Like when it comes to like um, advocating for public school and certain things in New York City, she is one of those She's New York there. politicians. I mean, I'm sorry, New York residents that will go out and support and and protests or whatever. And actually one time I saw her on the train. Mm-hmm. Like she, that part on the video where she's like, I saw her once and she just kind of looked and put her head down. And so I know she is for the people. I mm-hmm. think she's for the people, but I do kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like just go into politics at a lower level and then aspire up. But yeah, I hear you also, learn. I'm a little, I know I'm flip-flopping right now, but what made Arnold Schwarzenegger, however you say his name, <laughs> go for governor. Whatever. You know, and then back in the day, Ronald Reagan, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's you know? Trump right now. Yeah, Jesus. this man has no. Oh, anyway, but look where we are, Lord. But you know, yeah. it is layered, Yolanda Yopra. 
Thank you for pointing out. That's a good idea. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the patriarchy lives in all of us, y'all. But we're going to challenge it. Yeah. We're opening a dialogue. I mm-hmm. did smile. I always judge, like, when I see something trending on Twitter, I always judge my, like, first reaction. Like, if I smile or side-eye. So I smiled when I saw the, <laughs> when I saw the headline. Yeah. You know, we always, like, have a reaction and then we dig in. I'm good for that on Twitter. I didn't side-eye it. But you're right. Yeah. It's layered. Something to think about. It's layered. Okay, something we are right about is this conversations, these two conversations we have. So up first, Jesse Smollett. Can we just shout Jesse out real hard? Because oh, yes. so to do this interview, we asked Jesse to come to Bentonville, Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas to do it live. Middle of nowhere. Okay, the and it, you know, it's you know, Walmart is Bentonville. I really thought Arkansas was next to Mississippi. I didn't realize we were in the middle of the America. Middle. Yeah. New time zone. Who this? You know what I mean? And so there were some issues with his travel because it can be hard to get to these smaller downs. And he hopped, rented a car mm-hmm. from with Memphis. his assistant from Memphis and drove, y'all, just so he wouldn't disappoint after we've already had him on the show. Yep. Oh, no. And then showed up with all the energy lit as usual, just happy to be there, stayed afterwards to interact with every single person in line waiting to talk to him. And I have to say, you know, we we work with a lot of celebrities and we that is... It doesn't get any far more yeah. few between. Yeah. Far. Jesse than Jesse is, is special. He really is. Special. So get into it. We love you, Jesse. Can I get a yes girl? Yes girl. Yes girl podcast. Yes, girl podcast. Since you guys are already in the spirit. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm Corey Murray. Yolanda Sanguini. And I'm Charlie Penn. Hey Poos. Come on, Yolanda. <laughs> Do tea for the week. All right, okay. so we have this segment on the show called Tea for the Week, and I'm going to need some, you know, um, call and response, and we go, Tea for the Week, hey. Hey. Tea for the Week, hey. Tea for the Week, hey. There we go. <laughs> so Tea for the Week is where we dish all the tea of the week. Yes. And we've got a special guest with us today Very. who is one of our favorite guests. It was one of our... Uh, top podcast. I don't want to say fave because people can be like, you said mine was a fave. But um, it was a moment. It was a moment. It was a moment. It was. It was so good. We, what did we title the episode? Jesse Smollett is lit. He's lit. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse, we gave, uh, we started a new segment that we're going to kick off in season two called What Will Beyonce Do? Because you, you told us you, we have to have those moments. What will Beyonce <laughs> do? Inspired in by him. Yes. Well, without further ado, please welcome Mr. Jesse Smollett. <laughs> Give me a Y. <laughs> e. S. Yes, girl. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back, boo. Thank you for having me back, boo. We had so much fun. We said at the end of that episode we were going to do it again. Yeah, we had to. We, we had, had to. to. It was far too short. Y'all podcast is far too short. And we, we had to do it again. It's like, we need more. Y'all should be longer anyway. He was like, is it over? Remember, Corey? No, you yeah. were. He was like, is it over? It did not feel like 30 minutes. And then you said, I'm going to come back um, when it's time to promote my album. That's right. And look at God. Boom. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Say but it. But first, we got to know, have you been to Wakanda? Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Wait. Oh, yes. Have Absolutely. we been to Wakanda? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Yes. You know, I Absolutely. bought a. Okay, I bought a round trip, but I should have got a one way. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It was Yo, everything. It was everything. Everything. And we saw that you took, you paid for a group of elementary school kids to go to a theater to go watch the movie. Well, it, I wanted to, I just felt like, you know, when I was little, I wish that I had, I wish that I had Wakanda. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wish that I had um, that. And, and granted, don't get me wrong. Like we had, we had Blade. Like let's not sleep on Blade. <laughs> you know true. what I'm Blade saying? So not late then as his mama. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. Like, that was yeah. dope. But but Wakanda was also is is such a celebration of us. And I I see this. I think this video that has gone viral of these two little black boys looking at, and I mean like five years old looking at the posters, and they're arguing with each other like in a friendly manner, but being like, "That's me, that's me." <laughs> and I'm just like, "That's so dope." So yeah, I sent um, I sent uh, an elementary school in Chicago and a high school, uh, the one that. Michelle Obama went to Whitney M. Young High School mm -hmm. uh, to the to the movie. Like bought out the theater for the elementary for the elementary school kids to go, and then the later one for the high school kids to go, and then another one for that was just open to the public. And then I'm going to do that in um, six different cities this week. Look, I have no connection to this movie at all. I ain't making no money. I wasn't in it. But I you're just like, supporting Black Lives I didn't audition for it. I had nothing like that. It's just, it's it's dope. And I feel like we should mm -hmm. all support each other the best way that we can, you know? And I just, I, but also, even more than that, it's, it's just like, it's young kids should see themselves and they mm -hmm. should, and I feel like the only way that if we want a change in the world and we want a change in our images and how we're seen and how we see ourselves, we should celebrate when we're seen in a magical, royal way and every single time, you know? So that's that's what that's about. You know, it's interesting. Um, while we were meeting, well, we weren't eating. We were eating at uh, 21C, the restaurant here in Bentonville, and I was playing in the Bonnet Chronicles. Do you watch Tammy Romaine's? No, but I've seen it. Uh, I have seen them before. <laughs> She's hilarious. But I love what she did about why people are, I guess some people are trying to troll, like, why are we getting dressed up to go see Wakanda? We're putting the, okay. You know, look. But, but, okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> let the record show, uh, have we ever seen Star Wars fans? Yes. Okay. You know that's what, what she saying? said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They invented Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yes. Lord of the Rings, yes. you know what I'm saying? Um, Cosplay, they invented shoot, yeah. back Comic -Con. in Back in the day, like, there were people even, even like cartoons, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. People go and they dress up like that. Man, let us have our moment. Uh -huh. and, and look, it ain't just us, right. okay? This is a global phenomenon yes. in the last, like, couple days. That's gonna last Absolutely. forever. Yeah. And it's not just us. People are loving this movie, not just because it's, you know, oh, it's something to support. It's something to see yourself. It's a damn well-made movie. It's yes. a well-acted movie. It's yeah. a well, it's a perfectly executed film, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? And anybody that don't share that opinion is stupid. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's dope. And, let, man, let, this, is a, this is a comic book fan sort of situation. Yeah. That's what it's about. And we need to be fan boys, fan girls, fan whatevers. Because why shouldn't we be able to just enjoy life? There's so yeah. many things that have us where it's like, you know, oh, we should just walk around all day being mad. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things that piss you off every single day. Absolutely. If, those moments, even... I believe that, like, our activists in the world, you know, it's very hard on activists emotionally and mm -hmm. physically. And, um, you know, you look at Eric Garner, I truly believe that, that, that the type of stress that is put on activists, not just from losing her father, but also just the stress that's put on activists when they're trying to make change, 
you have to find some sort of outlet. You have to find something that grounds you and is enjoyable or else you'll, you'll just, you'll fail to exist. There's nothing wrong with that. I love the fantasy of it. I even uh, took my nieces and I put the dots on their, their face. <laughs> my yeah. niece, my daughter was a little annoyed, but I was like, you're going with it. We're just going with this. <laughs> it's a look. Let mommy it's play. A it's a look. <laughs> but I think that's dope. I think, hey, come on, how powerful is it to see all female army? Like all of that, come on. That's just, that, yeah, come Who's on. Who's being the Dora Milaje with me for Halloween? One, Only two, two people? three. What, that's it? Yo, I cannot wait until Halloween comes around. It's on. It's all going to see. It's I'm going to be Ramona. Ramonda? What's her name? Ramonda. Oh, uh, Angela Bassett, the mom. Yes. Oh, yes. you would kill that. Uh, yes. You would kill that. My son. Yes. yes. <laughs> Show them who you are. Show them who you are, Yolanda. I've already practiced. <laughs> Angela Bassett kills that line, my son, in so many of her other movies. She does. In Notorious, she was like, my son. In this movie, my son. Yo, she kills it. All of them. She kills it. Now, wait, did you not have a little bit of Wakanda in your new video, Catch Your Eye? In Catch Your Eye and in uh, Hurt People that's coming out uh, in, like, right out, like, the week after the album. I shot that in South Africa. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You be working. Okay. I'll be working, y'all. I'll be working. I do not stop. We cannot stop. We got to hit while the iron is hot. Um, uh, no, yeah, we, we filmed that, and it's loosely based on Nelson Mandela and the years that he spent on Robben Island. We sh- actually shot inside of the prison that he was first taken to, uh, Constitution Hill mm-hmm. in South Africa. In Joburg, we, we shot all over Johannesburg and all over Soweto, and it was, we, it was so important to me. We only used black South African designers for the clothes. We only used black South African... I might get sued for... Um, for being, they'd be like, "You racist," but <laughs> but we we only you we only used it was an all black South African crew. Every single person, the only person that was in the video that was not South African is myself, which I mean I'm African. And did you get and, your ancestry done? But yeah, we're from Ghana. Ooh. My yeah, brother. Yeah. That's right. I knew it. That's right. I knew it. That's right. I knew it. It explains everything. That's right. Everything. 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 (laughs) The only two people were myself and my choreographer, uh, uh, Jasmine. Okay. So it was, it's just, you know, it's really special to me. And um, that's why I just love this. Like, I, I, when I went to Johannesburg, I did not want to come back. I mean that with all my heart. Like, I was there and I was looking for property. Oh, wow. I'm dead serious. It's, yeah. it's, I have a feeling when I go that I won't. I'll be like, okay, that's it. Here's my yeah. passport. You can have it. Be like, just move it to yes, yes, girl, move to. to Africa. I mean, Essence <laughs> needs an uh, African office. Hello. We do. It should be helmed up by. We black owned now, y'all. We black owned again. Yes, let's claim Shoot. that. We're like, what rules? What we rules? need right. an office there. <laughs> Let's claim that now. But well, Yolanda's from Joburg. Yolanda's from Joburg. Really? Yes. I love it. I love it. I've never been to a place where I felt so, so completely, utterly comfortable. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely myself. Yeah. Never felt that way before outside of my own home. You know, and it it it's an emotional thing. It's a joyous thing. It's everybody that you see. They're like, "It's your first time here." And I guess, and they're like, "Welcome home." Mm-hmm. 
And it just, it touches you in a way, the children there, the, the, the things that you see, the stories that you hear of what they've gone through, but the joy on their faces, it's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I would literally, I truly believe, and I've been talking to people about this and it's so important to me, I truly believe that we need a birthright Africa. The what way that? that Jewish people have birthright Israel. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like we over here are confused. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay because it's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, but there's a way to, I feel like if children were able to go over to anywhere in Africa, do a DNA test, figure out where you're from, whatever it may be, or just go and visit a country that has the soil in Africa, even if it's not somewhere that you know for certain that your people are from, I truly believe if children do that from like the ages of like 10 up, they will not come back, not changed. You know, we have such incredible, such a strong culture and a strong history. And we must, we must celebrate that. And we must teach our children to celebrate that. And I just, I truly think that that is something that we should all be working towards because, man, it's, it's amazing. I love that. In some of the content I've been reading about Black Panther, one of the things is that, I guess in their analysis of Killmonger, is that the fact he is lost. He was orphaned Mm -hmm. from his country. Mm -hmm. The traditions were lost. And I mean, I know this is a character, but I was like, this is very much our experience because, you know, I remember going to Ghana for the first time and... I didn't have that welcoming experience because they were like, well, you're, you're, you're light skin and you clearly, mm. you know, were this. And I, I, but I really went there thinking they were going to be like, sister, welcome back. And, but I've gone to another, uh, I went to Tanzania and I had a different response, reception, but I realized how badly I wanted it. You mm. know what I mean? I want to go there and just be felt home. But I've, I've gone back to going back to your conversation about Joburg. I've heard that a lot about people in Joburg. It's just, it's what, are, what is in the water there, Yolanda? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 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 no, you know, Joburg is really, it's like a little bit like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, it is. In the way that I mean, I the, love ATL, but no, in the way that <laughs> it's centralized, amen. it's where, um, if you're a person of color and you want to make real money, mm-hmm. that's where you go. Um, and how like Atlanta now has become like the center of you know black economic, right, you know, right, in right. that way. I mean, right. But also culturally, I think it's just um, it's always been a city. It was founded on gold. A lot of uh, um, people, even Americans, went there in the early like 20th century to kind of dig up gold. So it's a city of strivers. So I think they also that's went we... up there to dig up gold when they brought slaves over here. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it is a city of like, it's like very much like it's a hustle. It's a hustle city and everybody's kind of doing their thing. But also it's, we keep that African, we have the, which you've probably heard about, Ubuntu, mm-hmm. which is a, um, a, many of us know it, right? I am because we are. And that's Ubuntu. And I think that's a cultural, um, we're taught that from birth. Like you cannot treat, no one is a stranger in your home. No one's a stranger in your life. We're welcoming. I think that's kind of what. It's really beautiful. It's interesting, too, because I had a different experience when I was in Cape Town. I loved it, and I loved the people, but there was a different, a different feeling when I was in Cape Town because it was, there were so many... Um, I was only there for one night, so I can't say completely, but I, because I'm, the predominant part of my time was spent in Johannesburg. Uh, but 
a large, it was just a different feeling, it was a different vibe, because mainly because we were like around executives, and it was like European executives, and it's just like, ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody's phone, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, it was a slightly different experience because I wasn't with the people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's the people that make Johannesburg and Cape Town and Soweto and every other place that I got to see makes it what it is. Wow. But now we got to talk about this album. Yes, we do. March 2nd. March 2nd. Um, I'm going to give you my Oprah spiel. March 2nd. <laughs> um, Jesse. <laughs> The album is going to be called Some of My Music. Yes. Can you tell us more about it? We've seen, I've seen two videos. Mm-hmm. Have, have there been more than two? No, only two. Okay, two okay videos. you caught up. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Come on, that's right. <laughs> that's right, you got and it's it. Some, S U N. What is that about? Um, for so long, again, I say this because I want to make it clear. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the platform that Empire has given me. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it's, it's priceless. And I'm so grateful for the, the envelopes that I've been a part of helping to push. And the storylines we've been able to tell, um, you know, there are times when I'm so proud of of the storylines and there are times that I'm not, you know. Uh, but all in all, I am proud to be a part of Empire and, and grateful to be a part of it. But there comes a point where your gratitude, you have to settle into your gratitude. Mm-hmm. And you, it's not a thing of... You feel that same gratitude every single day, but you want more. <laughs> we're, just, we're just built that way. Like We don't want to do one thing. I mean, some do, but for me, I'm an artist, and I don't want to get comfortable doing one thing. So for so long, it seemed like I was saying, I just want to release some of my music. you know. And people were asking me, when are we going to get some of your music? And I'm just like, why can't I just release some of my music? And then it was just like, well, shit, naming some of my music, you know, but change it S-U-M because it really is kind of a sum up, a summary of, but also a totality of where I kind of am where right now and where I've been, you know, from like the first track on the album is called Insecurities. And it kind of dives into the idea of me, you know, I was, I was kind of. I've been doing this. I got my SAG card in 1987. We talked about that. Yes, you know what did. I'm saying? Like, I OG. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the same time, the the fame element was still kind of sprung on me mm-hmm. because I've been working. That's why it's so funny when people are like, you were a child star. I was like, no, I was a working child actor. There's a difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Even right. Journey. Like, to me, she was she was famous. But to her, she doesn't look at herself as a child star. She was a working child actor and she worked much more than me because at 13 I got out of the business um and it's just a it's uh I forget what I was saying (laughs) it's just it's just a um, no you're an OG and how this is your time it's just just a moment where you're sprung into this new stuff Mm -hmm. and you start to listen to the good that people say you also listen to the bad that people say, and you're not used to that certain, that type of scrutiny. Like you're not used to people being interested or even caring who you love or who you date or anything like that. Or it's like a topic and, and, you know, I know of like my management and the network and people like that having conversations without me being on the phone about how we're going to handle my sexuality or things like that. And I'm just like, yo, like that's whack. 
that's whack. And then sitting in a room full of people, no disrespect, but sitting in a room full of old white men and having them listen to my music that I put my heart my hard work and my heart and my blood, my sweat and my tears and my pain and my joy and my love and my hate into and having them be the ones to tell me what part of my art my people should hear. And that just didn't seem like freedom to me. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I led the first, the first song that I released was called Freedom because I asked to be let go of a certain contract. I asked to have it be taken back and you know, and there's no hard feelings there, but it's just, I feel so free. It's like whatever I do right now is on me. Every single cent that goes into this is mine. So there's a certain joy and a certain freedom and a certain level of fear that's going into it. But it's like, I feel really glad about happy about it. I'm really proud of myself. And I say that with all the humility in my heart. I'm so proud of myself because regardless of what I feel, I'm still doing it. <laughs> period and that's like not debatable so that's that's what the sum of my music is and um that's what the album is really for i i'm really i mean that touches my heart because i feel like we can't stop asking for the freedom to tell our own stories right that's so important and we have all the tools now social media podcast whatever we want to do what do you want young people to get from your story because you're very careful about how you tell it and that's one of the things i really admire about you What's, what's the takeaway you're most hoping for? To just do it. Mm-hmm. And to, I, I say this all the time. My older sister Jazz told me this before I got Empire, before anything like that. She said, pray for humility every single day. I repeat that all the time because I live my life by that. Mm-hmm. You know, just this idea that, but also this idea where it's okay to acknowledge your goodness. You know what I'm saying? We're always taught growing up, we're always taught to when you, and I don't know if I've said this before to y'all, but it, but we're taught to, if you do something bad, own up to it, be a man about it, be a woman about it, be a human about it, like own up to your responsibility. If you mess up, like say it, but no one's, and acknowledge it, but no one tells us to, if we do good, if we're dope, you know what I'm saying? If we do something that we're proud of to be like, yo, I did that right there. Um, yo, can, your we talk, uh, can we talk about <laughs> on, uh, Paul's, uh, Yolanda Sanguini's 2018 uh, uh, goal? Motto. So, <laughs> Jesse, you know, we spend a lot of time, as journalists, we spend a lot of time telling other people's stories. Right. And so we agreed that in 2018, we're going to own up to our dopeness and celebrate our dopeness. Yes. Because yes. I think, and many of you here, we work in the service of other people. And I think we, we once in a while, like you said, just like own, like, own your dopeness. Yeah. It's okay. You know, it's it's it. okay. And as long it's as not you're easy, not, and he, but it's okay. But here's right. the thing, though. That's because there's like a negative thing associated with owning your dopeness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's because all too often, usually the people that do own their dopeness are shitting on other people. You know what I'm saying? That's not okay. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying to say I'm better than. Oh, I have to watch my language. My bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
I thought Bainville. we was in the Essence studio. My bad. No. <laughs> Mobile studio. I thought yeah, we was mobile. black. Oh, we could do what we want. <laughs> we was in Wakanda. She, she yeah. just tapped her mouth. She's like, language. <laughs> I got and you, you caught boo. that, too. I got you, boo. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> what was I saying? She was just saying... <laughs> Sometimes when people own their dopeness, it, they, it turns into a negative. Exactly, exactly. And that's not okay. It's a thing of, I did a good job. I'm proud of myself. Just as if you did a good job, I would tell you that I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. And just, you know, for young people, young people have to know what not to chase. Mm-hmm. We have, for whatever reason, we have come to this idea that somehow celebrity or fame for whatever reason is success and it's not success is doing what you love to do and helping others through it whatever you do I don't care where you work I don't care what you do you have a platform to help your world. You have a platform to help your community. You have a voice and I don't care if you're talking to your two friends well, your two friends are each going to go talk to their two friends, and so on and so forth. So that is the, the ripple effect. And young people have to know that all too often they're chasing fame. They will, you know, the posts that I see and stuff like that, it's all for numbers. Like, I know nobody want to see the, don't nobody want to see the, the names on the, on the Instagram. They want to see the numbers once you get to 11. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I see people out here, like, buying likes and stuff like that. And it's like, yo, like, that's not... That does not transfer into dollars. It's not real life. That does not transfer into change. It's all an illusion, Mm -hmm. just as fame is an illusion. Because guess what? If it's not an illusion, it can never be taken away. Things that are not real can be taken away. You can take away, y'all might not ever want to talk to me again. Like My album might sell two records. But at the end of the day, what the art that I did and the love that I put into it, that can't be taken away. And once you know who you are and once you, you're set in that, you will, you'll chase the right things mm-hmm. for the right reasons instead of chasing them for the wrong reasons. So I hope that young people just know to work your butt off and, and keep on at it. Really. And measure your success against the right things, exactly. which is what you're saying, which is not like exactly. no double taps. But can you talk a little bit about that? Your work ethic, we know it's amazing. We were just talking about that. Thank you. But we also talk a lot about how pouring back into ourselves and this idea that hustle hard, hustle all night, team no sleep, that's not going to work either. So how do you balance working this hard but also taking care of you? I'm learning that, to be honest with you. I'd be lying if I said, like, yeah, I got that. Like, <laughs> no. It's no, a work in progress? Wait, My mom calls me. Hmm? Tell them how you got here. Oh, yeah. I was just Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> all right. So yesterday. All right. So check this out. So I'm producing this amazing docuseries for Epics, and it's with the great Norman Lear. And, and it's called America Divided. And this season, I'm going... We're specifically going to deal with the Confederate monuments and the Confederate flags and and, uh, all of that here in the South. So I'm interviewing people that are descendants of people that have been lynched as well as descendants of people that have done the lynching. I also had to interview the head of the, um, the Sons of the Confederacy, Hot Mess. 
Um, Awkward. Uh, like, ridiculous. Uh, but we were in Memphis, and then our connecting flight was, our flight was delayed, and then our connecting flight would have had us in Dallas. We would have had to stay the night and all that type of stuff. So me and April, my assistant, we rented a car, and we drove here. Because we gangster like right. that. because that's hey, so hard. You make it happen. You make <laughs> it happen. April over there in her Malcolm X hat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the brand like, to the people. That's my muse right there. She is ride or die. <laughs> like, she is not just an assistant. She is my sister. Like, she is ride or die and um but you do what you have to do but yeah i am learning learning to that's not true i'm not learning that i have no (laughs) intention of learning that right now i just i just i feel like i have things to do and here's the thing i love what i do i will get on a flight at 6 30 after this i will land at 12 15 i will get up and train with my trainer at 4 15 and my and i have to be to set by 5 30 because i'm directing this episode of empire wow. like and it's all who day are you long directing? tell us real quick i'm director alfie woodard <laughs> <laughs> who's on now as cookie's mother i'm director forrest whitaker Iconic. from wakanda <laughs> <laughs> I'm, direct, I'm directing, of course, the great Terrence and Taraji and Trey and Yaz and, and Cassie um, is in my episode. And she's Cassie amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, and the whole cast. Uh, Gabby. I'm just directing, like, my favorite actors and my, my, some of my closest friends. So it's been amazing. But I, I remember being working at a job and, doing, and going two hours there on the bus and two hours back on the bus, well, an hour and a half, because it was, whatever, for whatever reason, riding back was shorter. <laughs> and working at Artists for a New South Africa, which is actually Alfre Woodard's organization, and working in the office and being so proud of what I was doing, because I was helping to raise funds for children infected and affected by HIV AIDS here and in South Africa. Um, but I didn't want to work in an office. But I still did it because there was some form of gratitude for what I was able to do. And I wasn't making a lot of money there either. But now I'm able to make a living off of doing exactly what I want to do. Mm. So I'm okay. I keep telling my mom that, like my mom will call me. My mom called me and she's so strong. She is so strong. She's so smart. She's so intelligent, so fiery. She, I always say she's like a mix of Cookie Lion and Fraulein Maria from The Sound of Music. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and, and she takes no mess. But she called me and she was crying one day and she said, Jesse, I have seen you twice on TMZ in the airport with nobody with you. What is going on? She's like, you're out here talking. You're out here um, uh, being political. Because she, you know, she grew up like, I grew up with Angela Davis. Like, I, I mean, like physically grew up being around Angela Davis because that was one of my mom's friends. It, they, she, that's how she met my dad in the Bay. She was the president of the Young Workers League. And they are serious activists, my mom. Uh, but still, she was like, you got to be careful. She's the reason why I got tape on, and a, a cardboard thing on the camera on my computer. <laughs> like, my mom Street plays no jokes. But she will always be like, she'll send me these long book text messages being like, make sure you're taking your vitamin C and you take your kale. And there's, you know, there's um, uh, uh, dulse and all of this, flaxseed. And I'm like, oh, That's God, so mommy, area fine. You know what I'm saying? Because she's a major hippie. But I'm okay. This is what drives me. And... You know, I so I don't know if that answered the question. I haven't learned that yet, but I'm 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 
no, that's a lie. I'm not working on learning that. <laughs> So you'll get there. It, but you yeah. look healthy. You look right. well. Well, this is the thing. You got to take care of yourself. You Your know what I'm saying? I don't. Thanks, boo. <laughs> what? Wait. I mean, what? I what? haven't eaten meat. I haven't eaten meat in like six months. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I've been eating healthy. I I work out every single morning. It's like you got to keep this. I drink a lot of water. I was impressed with the workout. You said 4 a.m. I was like, Wait. well, I don't usually do that. It's just that my call time is 5:30. <laughs> Like, um. <laughs> and it was either work out with my trainer tonight when I get home at midnight uh, or tomorrow. And I was like, uh, yeah, bro. <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow. So I never noticed how much you look like Prince. Really? Yeah. People say like that all the time, but I don't see it. I mean, I love Prince. I love Prince. Prince really does kind of do. look like my dad. My dad looked like Prince and Carlos Santana. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Maria, Maria. <laughs> okay, let's open it up for Q&A. Anybody have any questions for Mr. Smollett? But before the questions, before because we are, it's Black History Month. This has Absolutely. to be, this is a historic Black History Month, by the way. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, is. from the Wakanda to the Obama portrait. I mean, I feel like this was a listing Black History it's Month. Um, your parents, you, you talked about how they were very, you know, close. I mean, they were part of the, the activist um, community. What was it like? Like, what does Black History Month mean to the six Smollett kids? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that like every February? We were taught that. Black history is every single day of the year, first of all. 365 days, 366 days on a leap year. Okay? So my mother would always say, I love that we're celebrating it this year, this month, but this should be taught all the time. So that was what we were raised raised with. Black History Month was always celebrated in our household, but it was but it was celebrated literally no bull. It was celebrated all throughout the year. My mother, in my bedroom growing up, we all shared a bedroom, all of us, and we had, you know, the black history facts. She would have cue cards and, and, and stuff like that. We would play games about it. My mother is not to be played with. You know what I'm saying? She is blackity, 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 blackity. <laughs> and we had no option. No option whatsoever but to celebrate who we are. I remember on Full House, when Journey was on Full House, they would like try to make her hair a certain way. And my mother would take her to the dressing room and be like, we twisted her hair up. We don't do it like this. She'll be natural. You know what I'm saying? Still to this day, when my sister straightened their hair, like blow, they never put relaxers or anything, but they would straighten their hair. My mom would be like, oh, you should have your hair natural. Like My mom is that woman, and I love her for it. I just love her for it. So yeah, Black History Month was always important. Um, but, you know, it, she was always like, black history is American history. It's world history. It's not just black history. All of them need to learn about it, not just us. You know, so that's just how she always said, my mom was crazy. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. Love it. Uh, questions? Questions, thoughts, concerns, emotions. Questions. We can pass the mic. Oh, you I need a you bike? Down Should I run down like Oprah? Oh, we have two right there. <laughs> that would be epic, though. Yes. I want to say that. <laughs> so what's your question? Beloved. Got to end with the beloved. When I go out on stage, my bike is on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, there we go. Mine's working. And I'll Hello. pass it on to you. Okay. 
Um, thank you so much for being here. This thank you for having me. Really us. great conversation. Um, so you talked about your music and being able to really express it the way that you want to and not the way other people do. And that has also been your story on Empire. So what came first? And that was early on in the Empire saga. So what came first? Did you really, what, did Empire influence you in that um, feeling? Or the other way around, what came first, chicken or the egg? I have been a rebellious person <laughs> my entire life. My entire life. I would get into fights at school, you know, um, because we went to a school, I went to a school one year called Calabasas High School, and back then it was nicknamed Cala Blacklist. And true story. And I was the only black male in my entire freshman class. So uh, I would argue it was like way above those conversations about Ebonics, remember that? Mm -hmm. And like the kids would get on the radio and they'd say racist things and try to talk, blah, 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 blah. And I'd get into fights and everything like that. Um, I've always been a fighter for what I believe in, you know, and for what I believe is right. My father, before he passed, he said, he's like, you've always been the fighter and the, and the champion of the underdog, you know? And he's like, so you never stepped on anybody, you never stepped over anybody. So in those times where you've been an underdog, you'll always rise because you will always be a champion for the underdog. So I'm always gonna, I've always been, you know, sort of a, a f from even first episode of Empire, although I was careful first episode of Empire to, you know, I didn't want to get fired on the first episode <laughs> of Empire, but I've always been very opinionated in a very loving, respectful way because I lead with love. You know what I'm saying? But I've always been like, I need, this has to be right, has to represent a certain thing, it has to blah, 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 blah. Um, I, but I think that that's just the plight of the artist. You know what I'm saying? That we're always, you know, searching and always trying to make it better. I think that's really the plight of humanity, you know, of always trying to do what's right. I think that most people do want to do what's right. It's just that sometimes our voices are a little bit too low. Um, so we just got to turn our volume up and turn the bad ones down a little bit. But I've always been, I, I can't tell you if I've influenced Jamal. I think I have. Uh, but I was me before Jamal existed. Hi, Jesse. I'm Maria. Hello. How are Hi. you? I'm good. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the role of the artist or the role of the black artist um, in these political times that we're in. Um, I have several questions. Well, just two I'll ask. Um, one is, um, how do you feel your role as a black artist is? Like, how do you resist as an artist? Um, and then who are your favorite artists? Like, what are you listening to right now? Um, who are your favorite visual artists? Okay. Thank you for that. Um, every single visual, every single song, every single performance that I do, it is to celebrate our love. From freedom to catch your eye, to hurt people that y'all will see, every single thing that I do, even when a song is not about that, you will always find elements of celebrating who we are because there are so many things going all the way to the opposite of that that are trying to put us down. Um, that is, you know, and of course I speak up, I talk mad. Mad stuff. Mad stuff. I'm sorry, TT. 
<laughs> but I didn't say it. <laughs> I could have been saying shh. Remember when your parents used to do that and they would be like, shh, yeah, sugar. Yeah, exactly. No, my parents Lord. cursed in front of me. It wasn't no thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but no, it, it, it just, it is what it is. I'm always going to show our love and I'm always going to, I speak out. I talk loud. I take no mess. The second, it could be my team. It could be someone that I don't even know. If I see something, I say something, I nip it in the bud. And to me, that is the best way to resist. That's the best way for me um, to resist the temptations to conform and to become what this model of a man that somebody else might want me to be. I'm the model of the man that I created, that my mama created. And that's, that's the best way that I know how to do it. Oh, and who's inspiring me? Yo, my favorite artist right now is Michael Kiwanuka. He is so dope. Uh, uh, I just feel like he just, I don't know. I mean, I just, his album is one of my favorite albums. I still will forever rock with Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, with you. I'm with, like, I'm with forever, you. Forever, forever and ever. And then, of course, you know, there's artists, there's the Bob Marleys and the Nina Simones and the Michael Jacksons and the, you know, I always look to artists that, that I say this all the time, that hits you with a one-two punch. Like Kendrick does that, where it's, it's a thing of you bobbing your head to this dope beat, you jam into this dope song, but you're being taught something. You know what I'm saying? And I love artists that, that do that. I, I love Bruno, I love Miguel, I love all those artists. I love artists that um, you can see that they're doing something that they really want to do. I love those types of artists. I think what I really, really love about you, I mean, there's many things, but I think um, <clears throat> how you show that activism doesn't have one look. You know how sometimes when we say activists, we think, oh, this person's on the street, they're marching, they're... Which I'm you know, there too. You are, <laughs> but there's also another activism that you bring. I mean, the character Jamal is a form of activism because we'd never seen a character like that with, uh, within the black sort of um, television um, world, but also the music that you bring and the imagery that you bring. So there's an image activism that happens with you as well. Thank you very I've much. I've got to say, I love your visuals for freedom. That storyline with Cynthia Revo and Tika, something that was uh. just... Beautiful. At first, I didn't, I was like, "Oh, are they friends?" But then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I see what's happening." But it was, but it was so beautifully lesbians. <laughs> but no, but it was like, but but you know, I hate to say, out of not seeing it, I thought, "Oh, these are two girls on a girls' trip." But then I was like, "Oh no, these are two women in love, and this is how their home looks, and this is how they live their lives." Mm -hmm. And it was very touching and very beautiful and I want to thank, thank you for you. that. Thank you so much. That was so important to me um, to, to have a video that just showed love. Just the normal day-to-day -day things that everybody does when they're in love, when they're in a relationship, the taking a bath, the waking up, watching TV, you know what I'm saying? Lotion in your legs. Oh my God, there's a child here. That's why I wasn't supposed to curse. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just saw this baby. I'm so sorry. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't, do not be like me. Do not, do not. Now I see. Well, y'all should have said that from the beginning. Um, but, but no, and, and, and to me it is debatable because at the end of the day, it is about 
love and it is about whatever, this is the thing, and I will say this till I die. Artists do not, or at least for me as an artist, I do not create things and then feel the need to overly explain what those things are and why I created them and how I created them. Art is not for that. Art is for me to create it. And then y'all, whoever the viewer is, is to look at it, listen to it, feel it, touch it, smell it, taste it, and whatever you get from it. I might get something from a Picasso when I look at it completely different than what you get, completely different than what you or you or any of y'all get. You know what I'm saying? But that's the beauty of art, any form of art, a painting, a meal, uh, a, a song, whatever it may be. It's for everybody to take in the way that you take it in. Thank you, Jesse. I think it's yeah. time. Oh, one oh, more. Is it? Okay. Um, Jesse, you expressed how grateful you are for the platform Empire has given you, and that is so great. Um, but I want to know, like, truly honest, honestly, what is it like, and how, how does it make you feel to know that you are a part of a series that is portraying not only a black family, but a black family that has that is in power, it, you know, they're portraying a black family with power and um, fearfully made and just everything that we have always wanted to be. What does that feel like to be a part of something that is inspiring so many people of all of all races, not just, you know, one or the other. But what is what is that like? Thank you for that. Um, it feels incredibly it's incredibly humbling. Uh, and again, the gratitude that I feel for being a part of the project is wonderful. And I think that that's why we all, every last one of us, from Terrence to Taraji to Trey to me to Yaz to everyone, we fight so hard for it because, and when it's, when it's off, we fight so hard for it, you know, because we know what it means to other people and we know what it means to us. And we don't take that lightly. So there are times that we stumble and, and we, we fail, to be honest with you. Um, but again, that's art and that's artists. You know, sometimes you're gonna throw something at the wall and it just ain't gonna work. You know? But what we do is we'll always bounce back because we know why we're doing what we do. And it's not for the money. It's not for, don't get me wrong, that's dope. <laughs> That's nice. Because <laughs> straight up, I used to be that brother with $17 in his account, find $3 so that I could deposit, take out a 20. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like real talk. But at the same time, that's not, that's not what it's for. It's, it's, to push, it's to push the story and push the narrative forward. And that's why, I mean, we're probably thought of, for anybody that's worked with us, as like complete psychos. Because we will sit there on set and like, try to rework a scene and sometimes we get to sometimes we don't get to but we will always speak up you know and I was looking at this new season because I'm directing I get to see a lot of the episodes and I was looking at the new season and it's interesting because the first episode back to be honest with you it doesn't feel like Empire it's a standalone episode and then the rest we get back to normal but the first episode back I was looking at it, and I was like it's such a it's such a a different take and either it's going to work or it's not going to work <laughs> but and then everything goes back to normal just so y'all know let the next episode go back to normal so you know if y'all ain't messing with the first one just please come back <laughs> but it's so interesting because the way if you really look deeper at the story that's being told 
on the surface, it's one thing, but if you really look deeper, it's such a narrative and such a, an interesting kind of depiction of in a small, compact sort of way where our country is, you know, as far as race, as far as violence, as far as, you know, chains. It's, um, it's really interesting to watch without getting to, I'll probably be fired by, episode, by season six. All the stuff, the, all the stuff I'll be letting out. But, um, no. but uh, Jamal go get shot again. <laughs> this time he ain't gonna make it. But no, I mean, it, it makes me feel really good. So thank you for that. Jesse, and thank you for always being so authentic and honest and so thank much you. fun and for coming on back. We're going to have you again. I'm so you. happy to be here. It's this official. black-owned <laughs> essence. Okay. Next time, okay. we're we going to talk about your coins. Oh, oh really? What uh-huh. you want to know about my I coins? <laughs> What's life like with the new coins? Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's great because I was able to buy my mom a house. That, that right there, anything else, like I was driving a, a Prius and then I got a little Jeep Grand. I am cheap <laughs> when it comes to myself. You know what I'm saying? But I truly believe that for us, I know for me and all of my siblings, the greatest gift is we would never, like I'll get emotional about it, but we will never be able to pay my mother back for what she did, ever. So, so it's not about money. But it is a thing of to be able to know that she's all right, it feels so good. And that's why it's like, it doesn't matter how tired I get. It doesn't matter how, how many stumbling blocks or how many failures or successes that you have. To be able to, like, every once in a while, just get a text from her and being like, sweetie, I'm sitting in this house and I just want to say I love you and thank you. Like, nah, man, like, there's nothing better. So, um, yeah, that's the best thing about the coins. <laughs> And um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah. Other than that, you know, I'm my life is exactly the same. People be acting a little different, but but I'm exactly the same. Taylor's all this time. <laughs> Taylor's all this time. But we appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Give Thank give Jesse a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. You can need your you and your mama next time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, Mother's Day. Oh, Wait. She might say a lot. She <laughs> might say a lot of here. things. We claim we that won't have it here. So we can edit it. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. Thank, Thank you, everybody. You so Next up is Roxanne Shante and actress Shante Adams. By the way, Roxanne Shante, whose real name is Lolita. I didn't know that. But she told what was that product she told us about? Because she's been wearing a ponytail for like 30 something years. And she has a product, y'all. You just have to listen out for it. She says she goes to the beauty supply store and gets some kind of wax. And her she edges. puts on her edges. Because I had to ask about her edges. Because they're still there, they're thriving. Because she's been wearing that ponytail since I've known her as an artist. So she was 16. Yes. She's got those Queen Latifah edges. She does. Mm. She came in here looking so good and glowing and just happy. really, you know when someone looks happy, that's Roxanne Chante. And she has this Netflix movie coming out, biopic coming out this Friday. So get into it. Mm-hmm. Today, Corey's not here to give the proper, the introduction that we always give, which is amazing, but I'm, I'm going to try to step into her stiletto job. Today, we have Roxanne Shante and Shante Adams mm-hmm. from Roxanne Roxanne coming soon on Netflix in March. Yes. Hey, ladies. Hi. How are you? The legendary Roxanne Shante. Yes, girl. Okay, there we go. Like, yeah, Corey like would have been that. proud, right? Like 
real name Lolita. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I just, I all these years I didn't know that was your name. You all, your first name is Shante, and my, then Lolita. my middle name is Shante. My name is Lolita. Shante. Oh, your first name is Lolita. Yes. It oh, is. Lolita. Yes, it is. I love that. <laughs> well, welcome to Yes Girl. Thank and you. we're here talking about this phenomenal movie that you have coming out on Netflix about your life and Shantae Adams is playing yes. Roxanne Shantae <laughs> what a coincidence that your name is Shantae Adams mm-hmm. tell us like what so you get a call there's this movie and you're mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be playing Roxanne Shantae and my name is Shantae Adams <laughs> yeah so the casting director actually reached out to me and was like hey I'm casting this um, film I want you to come into audition and so when I had read the script I knew who Roxanne Shantae was I have older siblings of that era who are like diehard hip-hop fans so I knew through I knew about her through them and um when she told me to come in an audition and I saw I read in the script that she goes by Shantae and I was like oh there's not many Shantae's out there like it's not a super common name so I automatically felt a strong connection to the script and I think you know, that came across in the room, according to Shantae. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. Great job. So just some 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 um, fun facts about the film. Um, it's a collaboration between, co-production between Forrest Whitaker and Pharrell Williams and Mimi Valdez, who many of us know from Vibe. And the movie also co-stars Nia Long, Mahershala Ali. Yes. Nia Long plays your mother. Yes, she does. Peggy. She does, yes, Miss Peggy. And she does a great job. Nice. A great job. And when my mom first got a chance to see the movie, the first thing my mother said when she seen Nia Long was like, Nia, that's me. That's me. <laughs> you know, that's exactly how I look. That's exactly how I walk. Yeah, that's me and every bit of it. So yeah, it was beautiful. Nice. And it's also, the film is about, you know, a very iconic moment in hip-hop, but also a very uh, transformational moment in your life. You were 14 when you wrote the... Roxanne's Revenge. Roxanne's Revenge, which was a, a reply to UTFO's, um, what was the original song? Roxanne, Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne. You were Absolutely. 14. Yes, it was, a re- it was a response. Roxanne's Revenge was a response to UTFO's Roxanne, Roxanne, which was a record that I recorded on my way to do the laundry. And at the time, I was only 14 years old. So it was, it was a great experience and one that you have to say that it was kind of one of those fairy tale hip hop stories because you could not imagine that and not only was that a fairy tale hip-hop story but even the way we made the movie was Mm -hmm. a hip-hop story you know to have someone who had just came out of school this was her first job first job i read yeah this was her first job like how many people land their first job you know what that's like that's like interviewing for google it in your senior high school (laughs) year and getting it Mm You know, and then knowing that you're going to be a Googlet for the rest of your life, like, mm-hmm. like incredible. And she did such a wonderful job. She stepped into the position and stepped into the role as, as such a professional. Oh, thank you. And I can tell you guys have a lot of chemistry. So what was it like kind of learning to play Roxanne and mm-hmm. for you, Shante, and then teaching her how to really, you know, nail the parts of you that make you you? She didn't need any teaching. She really didn't. I think um, we met the first day. She was um, trying on her costumes. We sat there. We talked for a moment. And I think as a professional and what she knew she was going to do, a lot of times 
we hear that a lot of great actors don't necessarily want to meet the original person or have long conversations with them because then they start to mimic them as opposed to really being able to act the part and the scene. They start thinking in their mind, oh, let me do it like them instead of coming across how you need to come across. And if you've seen the movie, and for those of you who will be tuning in to watch the movie, you will notice that she claimed every scene. She literally became Roxanne Shante, her own Roxanne Shante, rather than, you know, she never tried to make her voice higher like mine. She never tried to do things that she felt were going to be Roxanne Shante type responses. Instead, she just created you know, the Roxanne Shante of that time. Because, you know, it's a big difference between Roxanne Shante at 14 and Roxanne Shante at 40-something. You're sitting down having a conversation with 40-something-year-old Roxanne. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You need to be 14-year-old Roxanne. And so I was just so proud of her. And I couldn't ask for... I mean, she was born for the part. You know, whose who's name is Shante? And then they get a chance to be Shante. <laughs> you know, so yeah, she did a great job. She did a great job. So she didn't so she didn't need me to teach her nothing but the WAP and how to boost. <laughs> Wait, I read that. You told Essence that I think last year, Black yeah. Women in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You were like she you were like, she's not stealing right. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that sounds like quite a thing. Yeah. So we were actually almost um Shantae wasn't on set. She came a little later in the day that uh-huh. day. And we were actually almost finished with the scene. And we were literally wrapping up the last 30 seconds and she saw what I was doing and was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We need to redo the scene. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> we need to redo the whole scene. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not she's not she's not boosting properly. Like, she yeah, I was a, like, listen, she's authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, listen, there's no way that's not going to be believable. You know, I was like, listen, let me show you how to steal a shirt. See, now this is what you do. You take it off the rack. You roll it like this, and then you drop it in the bag. Mm -hmm. You ready? Now let's do it. Keep your eyes up. You got to pay attention to what you're doing right here. And she was like, oh, my goodness, she's turning me into a professional booster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Roxanne, I mean, Lolita was boosting while sucking her thumb. Like, I saw there was a scene where I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, there's real authenticity in that way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Love it. I, I mean, I, I'm a person who takes a lot of pride in every aspect of my life, whether it's the good or the bad. I don't try to walk away from my past. I totally embrace it and walk with it. No one can use it against me. Yeah. And that's the reason why, you know, people see it and they feel it. And it comes across not only in the things that I've done, but it comes across in my performances. It comes across in my hosting. It comes across in my interviews that at the end of the day, you know, as a black woman, there is nothing that you can hold against me because guess what? You can talk about all of my luggage and all of my baggage, but it's right here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I fold it up and I pack it really nicely and I will walk with it. Now, do I carry it all the time? Absolutely not. Because who wants to carry around their baggage? Who wants to carry around that weight? But in all reality, if you point it out, I go back and get it. Like, yeah. listen, I don't have a problem <laughs> with going and getting my baggage and opening up my luggage. You know what I mean? At all. So, but, you know, Roxanne's revenge 
sold, they said, an estimated 250,000 copies. Which, in New York. In New York only. In New York. Wow. Which it, it made sold, you... Right, it sold platinum, but it only sold... To, it sold... And I don't want to say only because that's incredible. That's so incredible. 250,000 copies here in New York. Wow. You know, and when you're dealing with record companies where they are doubling up records, they are stealing records, you're dealing with bad contracts, you're dealing with mismanagement, you're only 14 years old, let's just be thankful and thank God that you came out of it without a drug habit or without a sad story or without a, a situation where people are going to look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, that Roxy and Shantae story was so sad. Instead, you want them to look at the story like, you know what? They did all of those things to her and she still survived. She's still here. She's still smiling. She's still living. You know, she has a wonderful husband, great kids. She owns a few things. You know, she could sit back and take a few vacations. And she still works every weekend and hasn't had a re- hasn't had a record on the radio in well over 33 years in full rotation. Like, who can say that? Al, Roxanne, Roxanne. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and you put out two albums. Um, two albums two in 33 albums years. In 33 years. And you and have still- some artists that do 30 three albums in two years yeah yeah <laughs> so you know when you talk about the baggage i do want to talk a little bit about you know nia long is your mother peggy yes, absolutely miss peggy. peggy i'm sorry hey miss peggy if you're listening i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry miss peggy <laughs> so peggy miss peggy wants to move the family out of the of queensbridge of the projects and she met she meets a guy a boyfriend who takes her money and there's like there's there's that chaos of you know seeing that happen to your mother in real life and also in the film like when you look back on those moments i know they shaped you who you were as a woman and what you did not want to happen to your life but it was such a such a beautiful way of telling a sad story but you know it happens to a lot of women it you does. know what it happened happens to miss peggy it does it happens to a lot of single moms a lot of single moms have that dream if they're living you don't necessarily have to live in the projects to have the dream of wanting to have better for your children you know everyone does that everyone has that moment where as a mother as a black mother you feel that you want to provide for your children more than what you had so you know my mom struggled and she saved all of this money and again but also being a woman you want love you want love you want companionship you want to trust you want to have that man in your life you want to have that father for your children and this situation turned out to be one that still takes place today she wasn't the first woman it happened to she wasn't going to be the last somebody Mm -hmm. somewhere now but how she handled it and how we were able to handle it collectively as a family how I was able to handle it as a teenager realizing that At the end of the day, this wasn't because my mom chose to use drugs or she chose to go off and she just decided to go and spend this money. No, it was because in the process of wanting to do something great for her children, someone came in and took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And so never seeing her as the enemy, never seeing her as the bad person, but instead seeing her as a victim and knowing like, you know what, this is not what I want, you know, and knowing that in the end, I'm going to make sure that we do have that house. And though it did not come from hip hop money, though we wanted it to come from hip hop money, it did not, which is more of the Roxanne Shantae 
story. So still being able to say, okay, now I can look back at my sisters, my nieces, my nephews and say, look, you know, we did well Mm -hmm. compared to what could have happened, what might have been. You know, we have done great. You know, no one is on drugs. No one has been in jail. We have went against the odds with everything that was stacked up against us. Look what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I look at the story of my mom, when I look at that situation, that heartbreak, that heartache, I say, you know what? Only a black woman could have came through that like that. Mm -hmm. Because you're talking a lot of money, you know, that she had saved up from coming from down south, being a domestic worker, stashing the money to the side, us not having all of these flashy clothes, you know, her not spending the money on herself and buying all this expensive stuff and everything else. And then me taking whatever little bit of hustle money I had and we putting it into the pool. And we're trusting that this man is going to give us a better life. Now, the key to that is, did it make me resentful towards men? Absolutely. Did it make me distrusting? It did to a certain point. But it also sent me searching for what I thought was going to be that answer. And y'all got to see the movie because if I do that, we're going to be you going to give it up. Everybody, so, I don't know, y'all can't see them, but everybody is in here like the first row of church. Like, mm-hmm, head to go up and down. Miss the eyes. Hands are waving. Ain't gonna get an amen. So okay, how did, real what did yes your mom say? <laughs> it was a real yes girl moment. It was very calm and like, yes. yes. Um, what did your mom say that first time she, right after she saw the film for the first time? She said Nia Long did a great job playing her. She was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely me. And she did. She was she was happy with it. She was happy the way it was portrayed because there were a lot of scenes and things that could have went unclassy, but we kept them very classy. There were a lot of situations and circumstances that could have been traumatically, I want to say, revealing, but instead we kept them blended and and exceptional, you know, just just incredible. Just even the scene from where, and I don't want to give away too much in the movie, but let's just say the like even the scene where you go from love making to having a baby to the abuse, like oh, uh, it was just wonderful. It just takes you for that ride, that wave. You know, you sit there and you're like, this is a movie that you actually mm-hmm. ride. And women are obviously going to relate on on so many levels. I want to go back to 14-year-old Roxanne Lolita. Um, When did you realize you were dope as an MC? Like, when did you, as a little girl, what was that moment where you were like, I have skills? I think when I was about 10. Way before 14. Yeah, way before 14. (laughs) Absolutely. I think I was about 10 years old, and I just knew like when I would watch other MCs from the projects and watch other MCs get on the microphone and I would sit there and say, I know I'm better than them. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can do that. You know, and and I was a person who, you know, when you're that little and you're in the jam, you know, your mother's calling you out the window before dark. Mm -hmm. So just before they get ready to put like the good records on, you're like, I got to go home, but it doesn't matter because I'm still better than all of them, you know, and knowing that and having that feeling and walking with that feeling throughout my entire career. Like people will tell you, like Roxanne Shantae was a beast. I walk in like there's nobody in here better than me. I'm not worried about that, you know. 
So even when we had the Roxanne Wars and you had everybody wanting to be a Roxanne, I was never worried or concerned about them. It's like, yeah, you know, there's another Roxanne. I was like, I don't care. She's not better than me. You know, it's like, yeah, but listen, you know, you got such and such and they want to talk about you now. I don't care. They're not better than me. You know, they don't know my story. They don't know what I've been through, what I've survived. You know, they still, they're still children as far as I'm concerned. And though we're all the same age, you know, I'm looking at it like they're still children. They're not living the life I'm living. Now, after the film, you know, everybody found out about it at Sundance, and it was just, you know, everyone loved it, and you received an award, right, mm-hmm. Shantae, for yes. your work in the film. How did all that feel, like the buzz and the excitement around that, especially with this being your first mm-hmm. role? Like, you know, you it's the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy, overwhelming, and so exciting. Just solely based on the fact that six months prior to receiving a Sundance Award for Breakthrough Performance, I was in the classroom. So, (laughs) just I had just graduated. So, for all of this to happen within a year of post-grad, I was feeling extremely blessed and very grateful and I had an amazing support system around me because of course that that's overwhelming for someone who is has just gotten out of school to receive so much attention so fast and to book a role like this where film is so different from theater which is what I majored in um at school um and there's so much more to learn and so much that I had to learn but everybody was so patient and caring with me, so I had an awesome year. I still, I'm still having. Was it difficult <laughs> to learn like the swag of you know of being an MC, especially mm-hmm. a female MC? Did you how how do you kind of make that character come to life? Like character like. I just tried to study her vigorously the best I could. I only had eight days from the time I was cast to the first day we were on eight days. When I got the call that I got the part, I also received the news that I'd start next week. That's a real hip hop story. (laughs) (laughs) Eight days. days. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) So, but... In the back of my head, I was kind of grateful that I only had eight days because I didn't have any time to freak out. Like, there was no time to really be like, oh, no, I can't do this. It was like eight days. Okay, I got to get off the phone. Like, I have to study. I have to. I researched on the Internet every interview I could find of her because we were only able to meet one time before um, we started shooting. And I remember that first day we met at my costume fitting. And, like, for a second, I was just staring at every like everything about her I was like okay and she she's sitting like this and like and it was never my intention to you know mimic that like she said but I had to take that in receive that so that I could bring forth you know the Roxanne Shante that I did and she did a great job great <laughs> job you. great job great job <laughs> How involved were um Forrest Whitaker, Pharrell and Mimi Mimi in this? Mimi every day. We every see day. we see Mimi every day. Mm-hmm. And as far as um I wanna say as far as Forrest Whitaker and Pharrell was we know that the contact was on a daily basis. And because there were so many projects working around at that time, they were like, Okay, well we know that they have this project and we know that they're going to maintain it. And we know. So if there was any problems or anything like that, then of course, you know, that's when you call in the cavalry. But 
we just didn't have any. We just didn't. Mm-hmm. It was such a great cast and crew that things just flowed. We filmed an entire movie in 23 days, 28 mm-hmm. days, 23 days. 23. 23 days. Wow. You know, so some people take longer than that to do videos, you know. And we were talking about that. We were laughing because we were saying that the fact that my, you figure, here it is, my first movie, and we want to call it the first movie. We want to say that because we're sure that other projects will come from it. But your your first movie, you do that in 23 days. And then we go back to age 14, and my first video, we did the entire video for $1,500, like the entire wow. video. That covered everyone who needed to be paid. That covered the location. Wow. That covered everybody's food. That covered hair. That covered everything. Fifteen hundred dollars, and do you know? Time. And do you know what? That video is still being played today. So we were saying, like all these people who paid all these millions and millions of dollars for all of these videos, mm-hmm. and I can come in and say, listen, mine costs less than your food bill, and it's you know? still be, and it's still being played today. It's all about content. It's all about people can feel what it is you give off. So like when you look at the video and you see that we're using somebody's mom's silver tray and we didn't threw somebody grandma's scarf over it and then we took a microphone that had no wire and put that in the middle and then you pick it up and we tried to go over the part with it and then Molly is spinning the record but if you notice it that the record is spinning on like 78 when you know it should be like 33 but, but the main fact that he in the back moving just as fast as the record but yet and still people play it and if yeah. you still see it now and it's still getting millions of views, you say, you know what? There is something special here yeah. with this mm-hmm. project. And that's the same exact way we felt about the movie. Yeah. And we filmed it in Queensbridge, which is an active project. And when we say active, yes. we're talking like one that has more than 15,000 tenants, which means you still. can't stop people yeah, from are. walking. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they, they were so respectful. They were like, oh, no, if you're filming a movie, we're going to, you know, Make sure that you have that space, that you're able to do that. So, yeah, it was just incredible. And I'm sure incredible. people in Queensbridge are used to cameras because besides you, Nas, Mob Deep, like there's just Marley Marls, so, you know, so much history there. So I'm sure they were like, oh, another day, another camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's Queensbridge for you all day. And there's no place in the world like it. And there's no other place in the world that has done what Queensbridge has done for hip hop. Because if you look at it just from my block alone, I come from a block which is called 12th Street. And on my block alone, you have myself, Mob Deep, uh, Capone, Noriega. And this is just from my block. We're not even talking about, you know, Noi. We're not talking about going to the other blocks like Nas's block. And we're not talking about MC Shan's block. We're just talking about just one facet of just a few buildings, 12 buildings, and what they've been able to do. So, yeah, Queensbridge is incredible. You know, shout out to Queensbridge forever. (laughs) Like. Do you feel like when you go up, is that culture still happening? The hip hop, like the the rhyming and the MC is still happening? Absolutely. I think it's something in the water. It's Mm -hmm. something in the water. Like if you're from Queensbridge, the talent is in the water. You know, if you drink, if you've ever drunk bathroom water, like you drink water out the bathroom, I'm not sure if everybody knows what I'm talking about, but Mm -hmm. it's like the coldest water in the house. If you run the water in the bathroom and you put your hand under the faucet and you drink it, this is long before bottled water. It's something in the water. 
I I'm love that. Me. It is. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you if you feel that you're having writer's block, just go in go the drink some bathroom go water. Go drink some bathroom water from Queensbridge. Nice and cold. Nice and cold. <laughs> nice and cold. By the time you lift your head up, you'll be like, "Oh, I got more rhymes ready." Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, speaking of talent and and female MCs, yeah. who do you love today? I love them all. All of them. I love them all. As being Roxanne Shante, I don't have the privilege to choose because they're all like my sisters and they're all like my nieces and they're all, you know, my hip hop family. So someone else outside of that is able to choose. But for me, I can't do that because I love them all. I love the Cardi B. I love Remy Ma. I love Nicki Minaj. And even when my sisters are not getting along, I still love them all individually. I may not approve collectively of what they do to each other, but I still love them all. And I respect what they're doing as women in the industry. I respect the fact that they're signing their own contracts. They're making their own deals. They're making their own decisions. They're walking away from things that they don't want to do. Where an artist from my time felt like she didn't have that choice. Mm -hmm. Like if they said, listen, we need you to do this video. You felt like you couldn't say, no, I can't do this video. Because then if you say no, then they'll get another girl to do it. And, you know, it was like almost like a bad relationship. And now hip-hop has learned to date women better mm. than it did at my time. Mm. Church? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> we need a moment for that word. <laughs> hip-hop has learned to date black women better. Yes, it has. Yes. Yes, it has. Yeah. How do you, I mean, cliche question coming up. Okay. Um, did you ever, you know that song? It was, um, I think it was a Nas song. Did you ever think that we would be this rich? Nope. Did you ever think that? <laughs> did you nope. ever think hip hop would be? Ever think that I'll be cashing checks? Hey. Talking about what's going next? Hey. Did I ever think that I would have a movie and that life would be uh. really, really groovy? Hey. Oh, that's the Shante remix. <laughs> wow. No, I never did. It's been a good ride. It's been good. Yes, it has. I love how happy you are. You have Thank this you. glow, right? I'm. It's infectious. Mm -hmm. You. It's good. How? What's your self care? Like, how do you stay? I mean, you are. I can tell you're. You're just like radiating happiness. Thank and you. I can tell it's out, even outside and bigger than this project. You're just happy. You know what it is? It's because I'm alive, and a lot of people don't embrace the fact of being alive they concentrate on all the things that they don't have i'm a breast cancer survivor i'm a domestic violence survivor i'm an abuse child survivor you know there are so many things that i have survived you know at one point i could have sat back and said okay god how many things are you going to let me experience just to say that i went through them and then i realized the reason why god put me through certain things for me to experience them firsthand is because I'm able to speak about them from experience. It's not something I read. See, I can tell you about chemo. 
I can tell you about losing all your hair. I can tell you about your hair growing back. I can tell you about being in love with the wrong man and being abused. I can tell you about having a child as a teenager. I can tell you about when the industry turns against you and you're trying to figure out what to do with yourself and what's going to be next. I can tell you about being your own manager, being your own booking agent, and then people looking at you and thinking that nothing is going to happen or nothing is going to come from you. And then I can also tell you about having a movie in Sundance and then going to Sundance and seeing two people standing outside with signs wanting to get tickets just to go through the blizzard to go and see your movie. See, I can tell you about these things because that's what God has allowed me to live through. I can tell you what it's like to walk into a room and know nobody in the room likes you. But then when you get ready to leave the room, everybody in the room loves you. See, I can tell you about those things. And that's what you see. What you see in me is you see survivor. But you, what you also see in me is you see you. Because as a black woman and as a sister, when you look at me, that's what you see. You see your happiness. When you see me walking with my husband, who's over six feet tall, bow leg, hung like a horse, and absolutely gorgeous, baby, you see your future. You see, you see your future. Yes, I claim it. Okay, when you when you see me walking with my king, you know what you're going to have. When you see me talk well about my children and you go home and your kids done colored on the walls and I tell you about how mine used to color on the walls, you see the future of yours going up and having greatness and going to college and graduating. So now you're not as angry with them for coloring on the walls because you know, yeah, you know what, Shantae kids used to color on the walls, but guess what? They're going to graduate from college. They're going to make me proud. And they're going to bring me that same box of crayons and you're going to bust out laughing. So that's what you see, you know. And when you see me now rubbing my face because I'm not used to wearing makeup, it's the fact that you see that underneath this and all of that, you see you, sister. So that's what you see when you see me. That's my regiment. Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay. okay. Yes, girl. Uh, wait. <laughs> before before we started recording, Shantae was telling us about something called pine tar. Yes. Charlie and I have never heard of. <laughs> so we need just for the record, maybe somebody out there listening has yeah. heard it. Okay. Heard of it. Yes. I'm ashamed that I've never heard of it. Okay. Well, it's called pine tar. It doesn't smell great. That's all right. Okay, but the fact is, it will keep you from having, it'll keep you having edges. Like, you will not lose your edges. I am running with edges now, and it's been well over 33 years of snatched ponytails. I mean, my ponytail for me is like the new facelift. Like, when I see stuff looking droopy, I tighten the ponytail. <laughs> no, you, you're laughing. I'm telling I you. If you. I believe Let me tell you, if I see that the eyes As are starting... Let me tell you something. If I see the eyes are starting to get a little round to them, I snatch it back up to slam. You know, and I will get a rubber band and I will put it on there. And then if that rubber band is not tight enough, I will look for another rubber band in the house and I will snatch it up even tighter. So that's the Roxy and Shantae facelift. And pine tar is how you do it. You make sure that you put it around your edges on days when you let it down because you can't keep it up in a ponytail all the time. You know, because a ponytail and a bun commands respect. When you wear your hair up, mm -hmm. you want them to see your entire face. So you want them to know that it's you. So you don't do that all the time. Some days you got to relax and bring it down. But you put the pine tar on it, I'm telling you. And it's, it's available at any hood beauty parlor. Just go to any hood beauty parlor and go and get it. It's a lot of it there, and we all know why. <laughs> 
Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We appreciate you. you. We can't wait. March, look out for Roxanne Roxanne on Netflix. Yes. Streaming in March. Date coming soon. Yes. Mm -hmm. We ready. We ready. Popcorn. Yes. Please believe it. Netflix and chill. Weekend binging. We'll do it. Absolutely. (laughs) For our sisters. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. (laughs) Thank you to our guests, Jesse Smollett. Roxanne Shantae and Shantae Adams. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with beloved Ianda Van Zandt, Simone Sanders, and Black Panther's Letitia Wright. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to our producer, Steven Silos, audio engineer, Chiquita Pascal, who's back, hey, and Gold Standard Creative for our music. We'll see you next week. <laughs>